Hey, welcome to a brand new episode of Open Door. I'm Lee Blowers and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, colleague and friend Chris Galley, but in a slightly different capacity than usual. Rather than sat alongside each other, we found ourselves sat on opposite sides of the table as I quizzed Chris on his recent trip to Amsterdam and induction as an Apple Distinguished Educator. I'd really recommend following some of the links in the description and learning more about the ADE Institute if you're new to it, just like I am. I really hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Okay, without further ado, let's start. Hiya, Chris. Hey, Lee, how's it going? Yeah, very well, mate. And yourself? I'm not too bad. I heard you've been away. Yeah, yeah. Had a couple of days out of the country. Very excited. I'm really, really excited to chat to you today about all of that and find out a little bit more about what you've been doing. Um, but I want to start by just saying congratulations. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, it feels like it was a long time coming. It was a long wait between submitting the video in January and then finally getting to Amsterdam in July. But Absolutely. So would you like to introduce to the listeners where you've been and why and what that long wait was all about? Yeah, sure. So um, about two weeks ago now, I went to Amsterdam uh, to attend the Apple Distinguished Educator Institute, as it's called, for the EMEA region. So Europe, the Middle East, India and Africa. And so that institute is a three-day conference or sort of initiation process, I guess, into the Apple Distinguished Educator Program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was there with around 200 new ADEs from across the EMEA region. And we're also accompanied by lots of the ADE alumni, um, the board members and Apple employees. And so um, we spent three days um, in a nice hotel just outside of Amsterdam. Um, and we had three really intense days of workshops and conferences and networking. Um, and it was just by far the best professional development experience I've ever had. Um, oh, just, amazing. Yeah, we've got so much to unpick. And I think we're going to spend this episode just looking at that now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been amazing with myself not being there but actually watching your journey and watching the journey of all the new ades um on twitter and it's really been inspirational from my side so i'd love to hear a bit more about what it's like to actually be there at the time sure sure um well i think first of all um you know as i said it was definitely the the best professional development experience i've ever had as a teacher in you know, nearly 10 years as being a teacher, but it's also by far the most intense. I think if I could sort of compare it to anything, and I was I was thinking about this while I was there, is it's a bit like, you know, when um, a group of students, you go on a summer camp or a, a residential trip. And so, you know, everyone's sort of they're out of their comfort zone a bit. They're away from home. You may be with people you don't know that you've not quite met before but you've all got similar interests and you're all sort of thrown into this melting pot and put into this experience together um and so i think that would sort of be the analogy that i had for the whole experience 
you know, you've got late nights, you're away from home, you're away from your family. <laughs> <laughs> and not a minute to rest in between. Exactly, yeah. Just all go, all go. So if I asked you to give me three words to describe your time at the Institute, what would your three words be? Um, well, I, I shared this on Twitter, I think, at the start of the week, and I, I chose the words create, inspire, and connect. Um, right. So I chose create because, um, you know, particularly with the F1 can create curriculum, there's a lot of creativity, you know, it's really at the center of everything that's going on at the Institute. And it's definitely a big push mm -hmm. um, from Apple education. Um, I think inspire uh, because, well, just being with these, you know, sort of 300 people every day for three days, you just come away in incredibly inspired. Um, and to be honest, I wish I sort of had an extra week just away from home just to absorb all of that inspiration and to mm. think about what I'm going to do with it all. Um, and then connect because, you know, at the end of the day, the reason why you know, everyone gets together is to connect and to share their stories and to learn from each other. And I think, you know, you create these relationships that you're going to have for, you know, going on for the next 10, 15, 20 years uh, with people, you know, the bonds that you make there. Um, so I think those were the, the three words that I would pick to sum it up. Um, mm. We we sent out a tweet today, didn't we? We asked a couple we of did. other people um, what they thought of it. And I, I got this idea from the last day of the Institute. They um, Everyone was in the, the main hall. And so they asked people just to take take a minute to think about this. And what, I think what was really nice is that they, they put these two microphones in the, uh, the passageways and then people could go up and they could line up and share it. So I was sort of oh, trying wow. to recreate this on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and so and we got we, a really good response, actually, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting is that there's a lot of words that kept on coming up. Absolutely. Um, so let's see. Uh, we got Owen Hughes. Um, he shared, everyone can inspire. Mm. Um, interesting. I, the word inspire there. Yeah, I like that. We had Owen Hughes with everyone can inspire. Somebody else had I am inspired. <laughs> I like that clever use of the three words just to yeah. make it into a, a small phrase. <laughs> Someone came up on the microphone and said, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> three little words. Yeah. yeah, three words. It worked. Um, let's see. Cindy Cardell, uh, former guest on the show. She, uh, she attended the Asia Pacific Institute and she said, inspire, share and create. Lots of overlap there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Alice Nutt from Blackpool. She said, inspirational, creative community. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, you've got that word community, and there's there's a lot of time spent building up community. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, I saw, saw quite a few of the um, quite a few of the responses. Sorry came back to community collaboration um teams and so it's obviously a very very strong theme yeah let's see uh, mrs oxley simpson i like what she put about community did you see this it said in south africa we would say ubuntu rather than community 
Ooh, I like that. I didn't know that that's what you you bunty men. Ah, it makes a lot of sense though, doesn't it? Hmm. As an open source. Quite, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and cool. then the last one I'll pick out, Alicia Bankhofer um, from Austria. She put so many possibilities, all punctuated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, thank you to all those people who did send um, some ideas in and even the ones we've not read out. But it was really good to see those groupings and a lot about creativity, inspiration and um, sense of team and community things we're all about on this podcast yeah it was threaded throughout the whole experience i think oh excellent excellent so let's get into ade a little bit about becoming an apple distinguished educator sure and can you tell us a little bit about the application process Mm -hmm. Um, i know you spoke with tim evans about this before but also maybe you could elaborate and tell us some of your strengths in your application process. What do you think? Sure, sure. Um, that's a good question. So I, I think in some ways, you know, my personal application process began almost two years ago in the summer of 2017. Um, and that's when I decided to create an educational Twitter account. And so I started to follow a lot of people in the ed tech space just because that's a, a personal interest I've got. And so I, I started to follow a lot of people that I've sort of known for a lot of years in that space, people like Abdul Chohan, Fraser Spears, Paul Hamilton, and many others. Mm-hmm. And so I, at that time in 2017, I saw them all tweeting about the ADE class of 2017. And so I, I realized, oh, I've, I've just missed out on this class. So, you know, I wasn't aware that that was something that was happening at that time. Um, and that the window only opens up every two years. And so I started to read a few blog posts from uh, Mark Anderson, the ICT evangelist. Uh, He's got a couple of posts about how to apply and um, some sort of key tips on how to become an ADE. Um, and so in this post, he was talking about, you know, having evidence and thinking about um, the stated requirements that Apple um, release. And so at the start of the next school year, um, I sort of started to put together this bank of evidence of little things I've done in class or, you know, school projects that i had been working on. And so after just joining Twitter, I decided to, you know, get more involved in the space and um, joining in more with the Apple EDU Twitter community and following more people um, sort of within that space. And so all of that led up to about last winter, um, December 2018, when they opened up the application window again. And so that was, I was like, okay, it's time to finally get this ready, get all this evidence organized and um you have to put it together into a a two-minute video where you're supposed to showcase your work and think about what impact technology is having on your school environment um so you know i started by looking through all of that evidence and started to write out the script for the the video um and the original script probably came out at about five minutes long <laughs> wow. okay. even though it's supposed to be just two minutes so you know as we say to the kids you know you've got to cut down on the waffle and sort of bring it down to the main points um so much to my wife's chagrin i think i spent a lot of the winter break sort of cutting that down and 
editing the video together, you know, um, doing the animations and keynotes and soundtrack and garage band. Um, and, you know, I think you, you put this video together, you know, it's almost like a showcase of what you do, you know, as an educator mm. and um, you're never sure if it's going to fit the bill, if it's meeting the, the three criteria that Apple give you. Um, but yeah, I was just glad in the end that, you know, it got accepted and it sort of finally closed that process of gathering all the evidence and, um, moving on to the next stage. That's absolutely incredible to think that it's been, you know, maybe a slow, but a two year process of mm. sort of gathering that evidence and, yeah, and to have that constantly in your mind of, um, how can you use technology to enhance learning? surely that's that's going to support the students whether you are successful in that application or not mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's always important to reflect on you know the that's not the sort of end goal you know becoming an apple distinguished educator isn't what we get out of bed for in the morning no it's no. um it's about having that impact on children's learning and you know you asked about this what I think were my strengths in the video and my application. And I think it comes down to the, the sort of the why and the, the impact that you're having, you know, I think a lot of, you can't just go in and say, well, I love ed tech and I love using technology in the classroom. You've got to have a why you've got to have an impact story and a purpose. And so I sort of boiled that down to, well, within our context, it's, you know, using technology to um, enhance access to language for um, different students or for within the inquiry process or developing critical thinking mm. um, or creativity and things like coding and photography and podcasting. That's what you really want to be sort of putting into that sort of application, that sort of mm. story. There's a lot, a lot sort of to think about, about your why and trying to get that together and show that within the evidence and then yeah. coming out to two minutes. It's, it certainly <laughs> doesn't sound easy. <laughs> no, no. Um, and there's another point as well on the, the Apple website on the ADE portal, they talk a lot about what is an Apple distinguished educator. And so they um, have these four A's. They talk about being an ambassador, an advocate, advisor, and an author. Um, and so I think when, you know, when you're applying, you know, you're generally not ticking all of those boxes. Most people aren't being ambassadors, advocates, advisors, and authors all at once, but yeah. that's what the process is sort of leading you towards. And I think mm -hmm. that was definitely one of the, the pulls for me, you know, you want to step up your game as being an ambassador, as being an advocate. Um, and publishing your work and working with other amazing educators from around the world. Yeah, I think that's amazing that you've got that two-year gap. So if you know which ones you're not doing, for example, I know that I'm not an author as much right now. Um, that's something to work towards and try to become those four, the four key A's. Definitely. And I think it's, it's a reflection process, isn't it? And, you know, mm -hmm. whether you get accepted or not, it's about, um, how do you grow as an educator and as a professional? Yeah, that's fantastic. It sounds really, really good process to go through. 
it um, is it is it's i think you know just taking you know a whole winter break <laughs> to sit down and think about um what have i done over the past couple of years and um what's really stood out um it's really valuable for anyone mm. you know just taking that time to look back yeah absolutely and see how your teaching changed and mm-hmm. see yeah and gather that all together i think that's a brilliant process and then so you send in your application mm-hmm. and then you had a long wait you say yeah so um i think the acceptance letters went out sometime in april and then it was late july by the time we got out there fantastic and then so you book your flights off to amsterdam Mm -hmm. um tell us how does it all begin i mean you arrive in amsterdam and then what what happens um so the first day is just sort of set up as arrivals and so people are arriving throughout the day um taken to the hotel um and so you're just sort of shoved in there and so you know you, you're given this chance to network and to um chat with you know the people who've already arrived and so um sort of not having anything to do i decided to join up with a couple of the other uh, new arrivals and so we um just got changed and we um decided to go for a run and hit the beach um oh, we wow. didn't have anything else to do <laughs> Um, so it was a really good way to um, bond and to meet lots of different educators from around the world. Um, and then later on in the, the first day, um, we had the chance to get together in our mentor groups and to and meet the people who we're, we're going to be spending um, the next couple of days with. And so our group was led by Claire Jones from Blackpool. Um, and we had lots of other educators um, from around the UK, including our colleague Joe Evans. Ah, yeah. 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 And so um, after the first day, um, there's there's no sort of formal events happening. Um, But just throughout the day, it's it's almost a bit surreal because you're meeting these people who you've you've sort of you've seen a lot on Twitter and you recognize their faces um, (laughs) and, you know, you're interacting with them on a daily basis. But it's um, it's really strange, you know, to be thrown in with these people and, you know, to to finally to meet them but it's amazing so to finally come face to face with a lot of these people we see and interact with constantly on the hashtag ade and yeah 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 these people like owen and gerard and um jacob mm -hmm. epson um yeah you can finally sort of put a face to the the avatar if you like okay so day one (laughs) of so the first day of the institute is just the new uh, new ades or Um, is it so officially the first day everyone's just arriving um but by the end of the day you know everyone's there including the alumni and the board members and the staff uh all ready to go on the official day one if you like okay Uh, yeah so on that that first morning um they separated everyone out so that the new class the 2019 class were put into this one room and so um, we were given a small presentation, but not much was said. And so we were in mm. there for about 10 minutes. And then the door, you could, next door, you could hear all this music going on. I think oh, there's a party next door. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> um, so eventually they, they opened the doors and um, you were let into the, the main presentation room. But you probably saw on Twitter that um, this 
sort of created this um, like hallway of uh, high fives. I see, I see uh, everyone was cheering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, as, as Europeans, we typically, we're not that outgoing, you know, as our American <laughs> cousins. Um, yeah. But it, it's a really great experience. And, you know, everyone's high fiving and um, eventually, you know, sit down and um, you're welcomed in. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really good. <laughs> It does sound good, yeah. I mean, I saw the US one and there was lots of high-fiving and people videoing and screaming and cheering. And I was wondering whether that would be the same with the European. But I think it's a good <laughs> one to kind, of, to kind of break the ice and say, you know what, we can be silly here. We can all just jump in both feet and see what happens. Definitely. And there's this ongoing joke throughout about uh, whooping and how Americans <laughs> like to whoop after everything. <laughs> <laughs> don't get a lot of that in europe <laughs> oh superb so then after that big kind of welcome did you have any um activities projects or anything um, to do with the rest well, of also day one um there was a couple of sort of welcome sessions and um there was one session from apple's education director um and so he was sort of talking about the the company's visions and you know what they want um, to get out of their education program and sort of how they believe technology can help students to prepare for the jobs of the future that either, you know, is starting to develop or may not even exist right now. Mm. And so sort of talking about how Apple have created a lot of these industries like the, you know, the app industry where, you know, people become app developers now and there's millions of people who do that on a daily basis. Um, yeah. And so he was sort of setting out how um, their vision for education. Um, and so it, they based it on these four pillars, which were um, connectivity, um, personal, collaborative, and creative. Um, and so he spent a lot of time sort of unpacking these uh, and sort of explaining how technology has a role in each of those four pillars. What really impressed me from, you know, this presentation and to be honest, from every other Apple education presentation I've seen is that it really isn't about devices or about apps or about technology. What it all comes down to is about pedagogy and how you can make a difference um, in terms of students learning and, you know, the, the teaching process. Um, and one thing that I really particularly liked was that um, this worldwide director for education for Apple, you know, he's previously been a director at an IB school in California. And oh, wow. he also he was mentioning um, some of Lynn Erickson's work in his presentation. And um, particularly, you know, from coming from an IB background, you know, you just find yourself nodding away at those four pillars about being mm. you know, educated, connected and personal collaborative and creative and i think you know that's what it should all be about now yeah it's fantastic i know we went to the cognita digital learning conference mm. um some point this year and that that was the message that came through from abdul chohan and from andy perrier there who's uh, the digital learning lead was constantly that pedagogy first and pedagogy first and it's great to hear that um big tech companies are listening to educators and have mm -hmm. educators at the forefront of their education program it sounds crazy to think that they wouldn't but <laughs> yeah. um, i don't think that's always been the case yeah 
Yeah, so after that, you know, um, there was a bit of time dedicated to networking. Um, and I think that was one of my favorite sessions. So um, just before the session, they circulated this keynote file, which sort of had like bingo cards. You may have seen people posting oh, okay. this on Twitter. Um, so there's probably about 25 spaces with these little um, selfie placeholders. And so there was just sort of... Um, time to wander around the conference hall and you had to go and take a selfie with people that met these different criteria so things like is a twin or is skydived or is lived in three or more continents and so um, you go and circulate and it's just a chance to meet people and to um you know have this sort of icebreaker um, yeah. but it was really nice you know taking the selfie it sort of you know gets people together and moving yeah. around I'm sure it helps you remember the names as you walk around for the next few days. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's definitely something I'm going to be stealing and using in the classroom at the start of the year. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah. And so after that, um, mm. you know, everyone sat down, you know, they're looking at their, their bingo cards. And so the next stage was dingo, not bingo, but dingo, um, which was deeper bingo. And so this was a a more intimate bingo where you've got to sit down with a couple of people and share your story and sort of have a conversation about your journey into education and how technology is having an impact within your setting. And so, you know, you'd listen to other people's stories. And then the idea was you had to summarize within six words what your story was. Oh, wow. And so that was, that was really sort of an interesting process you know to listen to someone else's story and to um you know to work with them to write this six word story and the impact that they've had um and then there was also there was also a chance to meet up with some of the alumni um so there was sort of one round where the um the previous classes were situated around the room and you got a chance to just go pick who you wanted to go talk to um, so I went and chatted with Alicia Bankhofer from Austria. And so she was sharing um, her story and she shared a couple of other examples of ADEs that um, inspire her. Mm -hmm. uh, I also spoke to Zainab Patel from uh, the Olive Tree in Bolton and Monica Sandri, who I believe was from Italy. Mm -hmm. um, so the first day was just... It's a lot of getting to know people and um, just sort of breaking the ice, if you like. Yeah. yeah, that sounds great. Just roughly, how many new ADEs is it? I mean, is it a large group? Is it um, off the top of my head? I want to say it was about 170. Oh wow. Okay, so yeah, uh, a big. That's like a wedding party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big wedding. Okay, uh, so yes, yeah, so you need that time to network and to meet and see everyone. Yeah. And again, you know, this is the, the whole EMEA region. So I think there was 25 different countries represented. Um, oh, so it's, it's really impressive that, you know, the, the diversity that's there. Yeah, it sounds incredible. I mean, it sounds like the first kind of first day of an international school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just roles reversed. You're getting to be the students now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's that analogy of the summer camp. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting to know each other and settling in. Um, so also on the first day, there was uh, the pitches. Um, and so this is something that you could volunteer yourself for beforehand. 
And so it's a sort of similar to the idea of the Google uh, Certified Innovator Program, you know, where people have this problem or this idea and they share this with all of the attendees and the audience in the room. And so what happens then is after they share their idea and they've spoken for a minute about what the problem is, is that there were these pitch breakouts. So you were sent into a room. Unfortunately, you couldn't choose, um, but you got to go to different rooms. And there was this whole time spent sort of unpicking the problems and the pitches that people had set up. And so there were some really good pitches. I think there was maybe eight or nine in total. Um, and some that stuck out for me were, um, again, this name's come up a couple of times, Alicia, uh, Bankhofer, she shared about, um, a problem related to digital citizenship curricula. And so she was sharing in Austria, they've just introduced this digital citizenship curriculum, but the teachers don't really understand it. There aren't any materials. And so she was looking for ideas of how she could generate sort of um, almost workbooks or ideas of sharing and educating teachers and students with this program. Matt Pullen from Wales, um, he was also talking about um, building community within trainee teachers. Um, and then there was another one from Hannah Sachs in Switzerland, and she was talking about um, using the global goals as a, a driving force um, within education. Uh, and she was kind enough to share the notes from uh, her pitch with me. Um, yeah, well, but that's great. I know that's something you're very passionate about and have been doing a lot in our school. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think it's a fantastic project. And I'd love to get Hannah on the show to maybe talk a bit more about it. Oh, sure. That'd um, be great. Yeah, but this um, this pitch process was really interesting in that they um, you would break out into smaller groups and then smaller groups again, and um, it was just all about generating ideas. And you you had to generate a hundred ideas in five minutes. Oh wow! And so you know it's just sort of throwing everything against the wall and uh, coming up with lots of different ideas which would me- uh, meet this pitch criteria. Mm. And which pitch did you work on? Um, I was sent to the digital citizenship one. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, with Alicia. So there was a lot of talk about, okay, maybe some sort of vi- um, like video tutorial program. So mm-hmm. um, you know, training teachers that way or creating some sort of workbooks mm-hmm. um, where everyone can create curriculum. But yeah, just that whole process, you know, you could definitely take the idea of looking at a problem within your school context and then mm-hmm. using that um, within your own school. It's a really good Absolutely. way of generating ideas and brainstorming as a group. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of trying to have a hundred different ideas in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, can just some... imagine the mind mapping going on and keynote sketches. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of them that you know they're not great, but <laughs> you just yeah. get them out, and I think that's how you get sort of really good ideas, isn't it? That you know some of them you're gonna leave behind. Yeah, then, absolutely. You know, that's the next step in the process. You would narrow it down, so you say, okay, from these 100, which five are we gonna choose? Yeah, and sometimes that idea that you usually wouldn't share um, because you feel it's not one of the stronger ones 
might be one that someone else jumps on and extends or improves and that does become one of the strongest ideas so it's good it's good to throw those ideas out yeah and one thing i really loved about this as well and again an idea that can be taken back to you know pd sessions is that um they had a stand up for this so when you were generating the ideas you weren't allowed to sit down you had to all stand around the flip chart paper and wow. it's funny how it shifts your brain and your thinking just yeah. by standing up mm. and then i think it stops the one person with the pen control who ends up standing yeah. sort of moderating that that's a yeah. nice idea yeah that's something i might have to use a bit more in class this year yeah i think Everyone it's something you could definitely yeah you could definitely take back and use with students couldn't you yeah definitely get the blood flowing mm. <laughs> so is that kind of sum up day one more or less yeah um and there's a lot more going on um and so there were some workshops that you could um choose beforehand and so these were going on on day one and day two so i guess mm. this is a good segue into day two um yeah. so yeah so there were four different workshop tracks and so you could choose one session from each of the tracks and there was a great sort of diversity within there and um, they had a lot of workshops related to everyone can create so there was workshops on video and music podcasting um, drawing photography um, but they also had sort of different sessions like coding and um, developing innovation within your school um, and there was also some eye work um, sort of master classes as well mm. um, so beforehand i signed up and i did um, i did a coding workshop and um, so we're looking at the swift playground stuff um, everyone can create so um, basically you just had an an hour to work on one of you could choose one of the everyone can create video mm. um, projects and so you're almost again you're put in that situation of being a student and so you, you're given this project and you've got an hour to create a one minute video. Yeah. So go and do it. Um, and so, you know, you had to think about the shots you were going to use and um, the different roles that you're going to have and, and then the editing process. And you've got to get this all done within an hour. Um, and so th that was a really interesting process because although I'm pretty familiar with the guides and the curriculum, it's mm. actually do it yourself is a very different thing yeah. um so um in fact i think you can find our video on twitter we did a little superhero video um, yeah, i think i saw a few actually i saw some silent movies mainly that horror, was the one it seemed to be yeah <laughs> i think it's the easiest one no <laughs> it was silent movies <laughs> Um, and then the other workshop I went to was with um, Jay Welshhofer, uh, who's the senior product manager for productivity. And so he was talking about uh, all of the iWork apps, so uh, Keynote, Pages. And he also did a sort of big Keynote presentation on numbers. And he was drilling down to some incredible things you can do with a, a numbers table. Um, yeah. And he also spent one of the other sessions just talking about Keynote and a lot of the features that they've got in there. And it's just really interesting to hear some of these little tips about, um, you know, maybe things you can do that you didn't realize. Um, and I think there's a couple of really good examples of that from Jacob Ebsen uh, that he shared on 
uh, Twitter, like how you can resize objects and how you can group them and animate them. And he has some really cool examples as well in there. Um, but again, just really inspiring, you know, to speak to someone who's actually making the product and, um, you know, he's talking about how you can use it within the classroom setting. Oh, amazing. And so was it all people like Jay who work for Apple who were leading these sessions or was it some of the alumni or um, the leaders of all these different tracks? There's a sessions? lot of Apple staff there, yeah, a lot of Apple staff and particularly, mm. you know, product managers who actually are leading the software are there. Um, and so, you know, it's really great to hear their expertise and their experience of working with the product and um, some of the amazing things you can do with it, which you maybe wouldn't realize. Um, just like, you know, we saw in January when um, you and I, we went to the design museum in London mm. and seeing some of the amazing things you can do in GarageBand. Um, and you've probably seen on Twitter, there's been this one, five, six, four challenge coming out and yeah. basically everyone is posting these garage band songs that they've been creating. <laughs> um, and so I think this came out to one of the music sessions, which I didn't go to, um, but basically they were saying that using the chords C, G, A minor and F, um, you can just create this like amazing melody. Um, <laughs> So it's called the one, five, six, four challenge, I believe, because when you go into garage band and you bring up the, the sort of the set chords, those are, that's the order which they're placed on the sort of the rack of chords. Ah, okay. That makes one, sense. Five, six, four challenge. I might be butchering <laughs> that. Um, but so again, that's just, you know, People have been really inspired and I've seen a lot of people posting these videos, um, you know, saying I've, I've never used GarageBand before, but this is a song I've made. Um, oh, amazing. I've got to say, actually, I have seen I've seen a few of these challenges and it's not just the ADs themselves, but I've seen people come home and say, this is my husband and I've just taught him this or yeah. this is my child, my daughter or whatever. Yeah. And it's just amazing to see that. <laughs> that inspiration just becomes infectious and it has to be shared and you see so many people mm -hmm. learning from it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of people were using that verb inspire when we mm -hmm. asked for the reflections. Um, yeah. So I guess the next thing I should talk about is the, the showcases. Yeah. What um, is a showcase? I've keep seeing the word, but I have no idea what it is in this context. So again, like the the pitches, this is something that you had to volunteer and actually apply for beforehand. Um, and so basically this is giving the attendees three minutes to tell their story of impact within their school setting. So you're given the podium, you're given the screen and um, right in front of you on the podium, there's a timer, which you can see and also the audience can see, which is counting oh, down. Wow three minutes so you know they they say at the start you know at the end of the three minutes the screen goes off the lights go off you're off stage so even if you're mid-sentence you've got to go um wow. so <laughs> it's a really intense experience it's a pretty harsh sounding ted talk to be honest <laughs> yeah basically it's like a, a speed ted talk um, <laughs> and so you know these are people who've volunteered to share their story of impact within their school and there are some 
incredible examples, you know, from again across the whole region. Um, and there were several that really stuck out. Um, I think Rachel Smith um, mm. from the Isle of Man, she was talking about how she set up a, a podcasting club within her school and how actually they use Anchor and they use GarageBand and Keynote to put it all together and they, they share their podcast on Apple Podcasts um, and how that's really, you know, it's given their students a voice and um, sort of a purpose for collaborating and writing and planning and designing. Um, so that, that was a really great one to hear. Um, there's also Matt Warren from uh, Worcester, who was, he was sharing his story of Girls Can Code. Oh, and so okay. um, what he'd done is, I think it was over his lunchtime break, he'd set up this Girls Coding Club. And so he was telling the story of how, you know, they designed posters and they spread the word about it. And they had, you know, probably about 25 girls attending this class every week. Um, and so he's just sharing the power of um, coding and how, you know, it's something which is maybe wrongly attributed as a, a male profession definitely isn't. Um, so that was, that was really great. Um, there was also another one from Serena Zarotti, Zarotti from Italy. And so she was, she works with younger students. And so they created this app to help them to learn the alphabet in English and Italian. Oh, wow. Um, and so this is an app which is actually available on the app store. Um, <laughs> and so I think I'll have the link to that in the show notes for this. Um, but they, they'd worked together and they'd created the sounds. And I think they'd also worked with um, the children of Martin Coots from Scotland. And oh, so they, yeah. they'd got his children to record the voices and the sounds for the, the English version. Oh, brilliant. Um, so that was, again, another example of how, you know, you've got this collaboration within the ADU community. Mm. Um, there was another great one from uh, Alina from Russia. And so she was sharing her story of innovation and how she runs these workshops within her local community. Um, and, you know, there were lots, lots more. Um, oh, fantastic. And, and did you do one yourself? No, no. Um, <laughs> maybe in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. No, um, but I did take part in Battle Mania, which was one of the other events. Um, which Again, another word that's blown up on Twitter. And for anyone who's not there at the Institute, I have no idea what Battle Mania is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd heard about it before and, you know, I'd seen um, people posting from the Americas and Asia mm -hmm. Pacific Institutes about it. So uh, I think this takes place on the second night and... Again, it's people who volunteered um, and you've got one minute to get up on stage and show some sort of trick or tip um, related to technology or creativity, whatever. And so I think there was 16 people in total. And so the way they set it up is sort of like a, a knockout competition, you know, like a FA Cup style. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so you, you're pitted against one of your uh, fellow attendees uh, and you've got to sort of compete for the best trick um, so there's like this amazing range of different tricks from um, garage band or just like 
keynote animations or cool little things you can do within settings. Um, so like Martin Coots was sharing a lot of his like shortcuts. Um, Catherine Mangan, um, she was sharing this cool little trick where you can search for songs using lyrics um, in the music app. Um, but it, it just got a bit crazy towards the end because um, basically the two finalists were um, Ingvi and mm. Owen from Ireland. And so they, these two guys, they, throughout the whole competition, they were sharing these incredible like um, garage band songs. And they, there was one point where Ingvi literally had the whole crowd like on their feet singing Coldplay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he'd recorded it in garage band and then he'd put the song into clips, I think. And um, but everyone was just stood on, stood up singing. Um, I think it was Fix You from Coldplay. Um, <laughs> and then Owen was, again, he was showing off his guitar skills uh, with an ACDC song. And so it got to the, the final round. And so the, the three judges are supposed to decide, um, you know, which tip or trick was the best. And they, they couldn't decide. They just couldn't sort of separate these two guys. Uh, so they sort of did an unprecedented fifth round. So uh, the two guys had to come up with another trick. Like live stage. Um, I can't remember what Ingvi's last one was, um, but in the end, Owen ended up winning and he'd done, he had this um, numbers sheet where he'd done conditional highlighting on some of the cells. Oh. And so it was like a map of Europe. And so you had to say where the country was. And so you typed in the cell. So it was like, is Germany in A2? And then you like, as a teacher you'd already put in the, the answer and so if the student got it right the mm. cell turned green um and so it you know the crowd just went absolutely wild and it was just unbelievable to see these two guys like sharing these amazing tips that um, is really cool i mean nerve-wracking to have to do that on stage yeah. but um yeah that sounds awesome Again, you know, we talked about inspiration and what happened after this and Owen's conditional highlighting tip is that in the days following on Twitter, a lot of people were posting these examples of how they could use conditional highlighting in the class. So I saw a couple of people shared some examples of number sheets where they'd put like the first hundred words of the the Fry's frequent spelling words. Oh, uh, yeah. And so they then recorded the audio. So like for a student, they'd press the, the audio button. And so it'd say the word, they'd have to type it in. And then if they got it right, it, it'd highlight green. If they got it wrong, it'd highlight red. Mm. So it's really just good. amazing to see how, you know, someone's little trick in a battle mania competition sort of inspired this really practical use of the technology in the classroom. Mm, in so many different contexts as well it's yeah not one sort of yeah. fixed idea it can translate to maths or to mm -hmm. language or unit or any any lesson that you want yeah it was really good yeah so i think that was definitely one of the highlights <laughs> yeah. of the whole event. Mm. so for battle mania I'm, I'm assuming you didn't step up for that one or um i I'm not going to say much. I may have gone out in the first round. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> can, can you tell us what you shared? 
Um, so I was I was trying to just do this little um, sort of thing where you can have four apps running at once on the iPad. Oh, wow. um, all I'll say is it ended up failing um, because <laughs> the iPad was connected with a cable, so it was using the sort of the monitor screen as a second screen. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Drawing you, will have to, you will have to show me that trick because I always get confused with the multi-screen iPad thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very practical, to be honest. It's not like conditional highlighting. <laughs> <laughs> or rocking out to ACDC on GarageBand. No, that, of course, no. also has many, many uses. <laughs> <laughs> so you say so Battlemania was day two still? It was, yeah. Wow. So that's, that fitted in a lot into day two then. Yeah. Well, as I said, you know, there's very little downtime. Um, um, but sort of on the last day, there was a bit more time to sort of digest what we'd seen and, um, you know, what we'd been learning. And so one of the sessions, um, which was run sort of within the country groups, was this impact planning session. And so they shared beforehand the, a keynote file to help you to plan how you're going to have an impact coming out of the institute um and so they sort of framed it within what are you going to do within the next five days what are you going to do within the next five months and the next um oh sorry five days five weeks five months mm -hmm. and so um you're almost just sort of given some time on your own to think about you know what sort of things do i want to achieve going forward um bearing in mind what you'd seen over the, the past couple of days. And so, you know, that was scaffolded um, with some reflections, thinking about what are some of the things that you're really involved in within your sort of education life? And what are some of the things which you're sort of lurking in? So you, you're sort of involved in, but you, you don't really have a lot of input with. So after you've sort of identified those things, you, you had a chance to think about, what you wanted to work on and what were going to be your priorities what could you maybe be involved more in and so then you could plot out okay what are you going to do five days five weeks five months um related to publishing or different events that you want to get involved in what are you going to post on social media um, what different organizations do you want to work with and so i think that was it was really valuable to have that session where you're actually digesting and you're planning because very often with something like this, you, you know, you spend a day or two learning lots of cool stuff, but you've not got that chance to actually think about, okay, what do I want to do with this? Yeah. Where am yes. I going to go with it? That's great. And just thinking about our own context, but I'm sure it's relevant to many others. Um, that's the kind of planning or at least the framework that you could take into professional learning communities that you have mm. in schools. And, and it's something you could constantly reflect on or constantly start yeah, think, again. Yeah. Even with children, you know, in the classroom, you know, what are you yeah. going to do with what you've learned? What are your plans? What are your goals for this unit or this project? Mm. Where are you going? Yeah. And it sounds like the keynote is very much a visible thinking routine style. Oh yeah. Like yeah yeah again a couple of people shared their examples i think um cindy cardell um posted hers after the event and that was a really good example of it okay. 
yeah. Um, and so apart from that, on the last day, there was also a, an unconference going on, um, which is something I'd, I'd not been involved in before, but um, it was actually one of the best parts of the, the whole three days. Um, yeah. I think I've said that about four times now, the best part. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on starting from day one, they had this board in the entrance where um, people could sign up for if you wanted to host some sort of um, mini conference, if you like. Um, something that you're interested in, something you're experienced in, or something you just want to uh, maybe share some ideas with people. Mm. And so there was three different tracks, and so you had a chance to go to three different sessions in the afternoon. Um, so I attended um, the first one with uh, Mark Wivesey. Um, and so he was talking about his Stories of a Lifetime project. Um, again, this is maybe something you've seen coming up on Twitter a few times. Um, it's a project that he works with um, Jason Milner, who's an Australian ADE. And so they've, they've got this project, which is it's like a global literacy project, which is um, they've got some funding from the British Council. Mm. And the basic idea is that they're, they're trying to get children to share and also to you know be exposed to different like nat native cultural stories um, from around the world. Um, so they've got lots of different schools from around the world who've been involved in this. And so they, they share these different stories in creative ways. Um, so if you look on their website, they've got, um, lots of little videos from, uh, different countries around the world. And so he was, he was just sharing this project and he was, um, hoping that more people would get involved in that. Um, so I'll put a link in, uh, to that in the show notes as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and it was also just nice to have a chance to chat with Mark as well, because we connected on Twitter, but actually never met in person. Mm. Um, and so I, the second one I met with um, Chris, who is Mr. Underscore L underscore EDU on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and so his session was all about mental health and well-being uh, for students. Mm. And so... Uh, he sort of framed it within the context of his school and his role as a, a safeguarding lead. And so he wanted to share some of the things that he'd been doing related to uh, mental health and children's well-being. And then also the other people in the room, they shared some of the things that they're doing. Um, so he was talking, for example, about um, how they created this questionnaire for student check-ins. Um, sort of just asking, do they have trusted friends, trusted adults within the school? And this was something that they did a couple of times throughout the year. Mm. Um, and then there was also another idea he was sharing where it was sort of about these affirmations and getting students to think positively about themselves. And so all of the children had to create awesome passwords so all of their passwords for the, um, you know, the iPad or the Google accounts had to be like positive affirmations, like I am awesome or um, I'm the best. <laughs> um, I thought it was just a really neat sort of trick to sort of build positivity and self-confidence. Um, and then we also talked about there's a, an app called Trust Mapping, um, which is a, a really great way to again sort of connect it to chris's uh student questionnaire 
um, to sort of survey students on how they're feeling within school and um, if there's anything that's worrying them or uh, if there's any sort of any concerns with any particular children. Um, so I thought that was a really good um, sort of service which is out there. Yeah. But I think Chris is sort of pulling all this together and I think he's actually planning on making a website out of all of these ideas and so sort of a longer term project which people can get involved in. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, I attended a sketch noting session as well with Ingvio Marson. Uh, and so he was going through the Procreate app and so sharing about how you can create different fonts and shapes and drawings and um, using different colors within sketch notes. And I think there must have been about 50 people in this room for the session. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> people had seen Ingvi's incredible sketch notes on uh, Twitter that he'd been sharing. Mm. As the room was just full. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was going to mention your amazing sketch notes. We've seen some of them popping up. And um, I think one of them was shared at some point on one of the big screens. I saw a picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was um, a labor of love over the, the couple of days I was there. <laughs> it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, so you say, so obviously I'm recommending yourself. I'm recommending people to check out your sketch notes on Twitter. Was there anyone else who, maybe someone from that session, who you think people should check out to see their uh, ADE sketch notes? Well, it was funny, you know, the sketch notes were like such a prevalent thing. I've, I've mm -hmm. seen a couple of people at conferences sketch noting, but like not to this level where I think almost every single person who was there was doing sketch notes, whether they posted them um, sort of publicly or just kept them for their own use. So mm -hmm. it, it's sort of hard to narrow it down. But I think even just some of the people who was, you know, saying to me that they'd never done it before and it was their first chance to sort of play about with it people like um dawn guy um alice nutt claire jones um rachel walker rachel smith they were they shared some amazing examples um and i think matt pullen as well from wales he's got um, a book on apple books which is talking about um creating sketch notes and so that's that's a really great place to start as well if uh, people are interested in that Fantastic. Um, I'll also mm. flag up Adam Hill's blog. He's not an ADE at the moment, but um, he's got a fantastic blog about oh, sketch really? noting and yeah, brings in lots of people into that. So that's really worth ah, worth I'll taking a look at. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like an incredibly productive uh, three days. Yeah, um, I mean that certainly wasn't everything, but. I definitely I came back and I just needed a couple of days rest. <laughs> I think my uh, wife, and, yeah, my wife and children have been missing me, but I just wanted to disappear into the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Try to catch up and yeah, give your brain time to slow down and yeah, yeah digest so much. Yeah, that's the problem with it being in Amsterdam. It's an hour flight. I could have done with it being in like Dubai or something. <laughs> have a nice long flight back and yeah, just yeah. get things back together. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you three quick fire questions. All Sound right. Good? Okay, fire so, away. Name three people who inspired you or made you think differently. Hmm. 
that's a good one. Um, I mean, I think I've already mentioned so many of them already scattered mm-hmm. throughout <laughs> all of that. Um, but I think I want to go back to the first conversation I had, I think, after landing in Amsterdam. And so got on the bus and uh, ended up sitting next to Christopher O'Flynn from Ireland. Okay. And so we, you know, just sort of ha- having a chat, getting to know each other. And so he was sharing a bit about um, his context uh, in his school. Um, and he was just sharing how um, he's sort of pushing and pushing for the use of technology within the school. And so right now they have, I think he was saying like one set of iPads for the whole school. Um, So yeah, they're very, you know, they're at a a different stage in the curve to maybe what we are as a school, but um, you know, he's really pushing that um, Mm. and how it's having an impact on his students within his context. Um, So that was definitely a conversation that stuck with me. Mm. Um, I think the second one probably be Michael O'Kane, uh, again from Ireland. Um, and this is someone that I'd seen on Twitter several times. Um, and he posts some amazing stuff with Swift Playgrounds, um, some really mind blowing examples. And um, he didn't do a showcase, but he was involved in the ADE meet, which happened on the first night. And so he just shared this sort of two minute showcase of what he's doing with augmented reality and coding. Um, And he's just a really nice, inspiring guy. Um, And I think the last one is um, probably Jay Welshoffer, again, the Mm. sort of iWork lead, who is someone that I'd met before on Twitter. And, um, but he's, just doing some incredible stuff there with the um, the iWork suite and you know the updates that they're pushing out constantly and again just a really nice guy. <laughs> um, oh, so Ireland, yeah. Ireland being very well represented there, and uh, and then Jay thrown in there for the mix as well. Definitely nice. nice. Um, okay, then so can you tell us three people who you'd interacted with on Twitter before? but you met in person for the first time. It sounds like there's a lot of them. There was a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, again, I've mentioned him a lot, but I think Owen Hughes, um, we had chatted a lot before on Twitter, but um, it was really great to spend some time with him and actually meet him in person. Um, apart from just being the Battlemania champ um, and, you know, just a, a keynote wizard and... Um, <laughs> so amazing on the the garage band guitar um he's just a really nice guy um and so it was really nice to chat with him and share some ideas with him um it was also really nice to meet up with the saint cyrus team uh from wales so that would i'm sort of cheating here but this is three people uh, <laughs> so laura damien and richard um who all work in the same school and um they're just constantly pushing out amazing content and they're just uh really amazing people um and then also rachel smith who i mentioned in the showcases Mm. um again we interacted a lot particularly on the the twitter chats um and she's just a lovely person so it's really nice to meet all of those people in person oh fantastic yes i think it's really interesting to um to interact with these people on twitter but then to actually get face to face and get to know them as people as well as just that avatar it's a great experience um, definitely so now i'm gonna i'm gonna push you to a, a difficult decision here 
Uh, what was your very favorite showcase? It could be your very personal, favorite. Yeah. Okay. Your uh, personal well, highlight. Is, okay. Um, well, this is an interesting one because he wasn't actually in the room when he did his showcase. Um, but so Simon Pyle, um, he wasn't able to be there. He was supposed to be doing a showcase. So he'd recorded his video. Mm-hmm. And so he's actually based down the road from us at Anson Primary in London. Mm-hmm. And so this is a project that all of the students had worked on, I think, over a, quite a long period of time. And it was talking about uh, knife crime within London. And so they put together this incredible three minute video using Keynote um, talking about knife crime. And I think what was really moving is the fact that he wasn't in the room. So it was narrated on the speakers. Mm. Um, I think there was a a few tears shed. It was a really moving moment. Uh, And he's actually posted that video on uh, YouTube now. So you, you can actually watch it yourself. Um, yeah. um, we'll have to put the link it just, in. Yeah, it was just a really great example of, um, you know, actually using technology for a purpose, you know, going back to thinking about why, um, you know, why do we use technology and they technology, they just created this amazing video with a real purpose and a real story. And it's really well done. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And of course, it's something that um, has been talked about a lot in the media in the UK recently, or in London, especially recently. So a very, very powerful example. Yeah, and I think it's narrated by the children from the school. And so, you know, it's um, just really moving. Mm. Um, And it was really hard to single out one, but... um, just sort of honorable mentions to Martin Willis from Scotland. And so he shared his, who do you think you are project? And so this is something that he'd done with his students and he'd been inspired by conversations with his grandfather. And so what he'd done is he brought this project within his school. And so the students were encouraged to create these short sort of documentary style videos where they spoke to family members um, to research their family history, and then they were sharing these within the school. Mm. And so, uh, sort of coming out of that, Martin got a lot of interest. And what he's done is he's created a an Apple book talking about the project and how people can get involved in that. Um, so again, that's something that's available, and we'll put in the show notes. Um, and it's just a really great example of inspiration and creativity and using technology for a purpose mm. it sounds great um i'm just in my head now i know i have a who we are unit um, mm. which talks about personal identities and personal histories so that's definitely something i'm going to dig into it's really good yeah yeah we can contribute in some way it sounds great yeah um and then again um people like richard hopkin he was talking about um using GarageBand and he shared this really great example of one of his students who he'd he'd seen uh, performing in bars on uh, the guitar and he didn't actually realize he was a student at the school Mm. and so how um, as a music teacher he was um, sort of working with him and giving these students the opportunity to create 
um, within the school. That that was a really good example. Um, also, Ria Flor um, from the Netherlands. It, it wasn't a showcase, but she shared um, nine verbs, um, which sort of related to the use of technology within education. And so her presentation was called From Musing to Swooning. And so she picked these nine really beautiful verbs mm. and explained about sort of how the process of exploring and using technology. Um, and so I made some connections with our previous guest, uh, Sunil. Um, and so I shared the example of uh, dabbling and tinkering. <laughs> Um, yeah and so she shared that video as well on youtube and so if you want to watch her presentation um that's out there as well brilliant brilliant mm -hmm. sounds like some really really cool showcases i'm sure there were hundreds more as well oh yeah yeah okay um i'm going to ask you one more question it's a little bit of a selfish one because okay um as I'm not yet an ADE. Um, I know that I will be applying in 2021. I'm sure there are lots of listeners, especially now, who will want to apply. So what advice mm -hmm. do you have for us uh, teachers and educators who will uh, be applying to join the ADE 2021 class? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think definitely it's come up a lot sort of throughout this conversation is thinking about your why um so why do you use technology why is it going to have an impact um why is it sort of moving student learning forward if you like um and so start from that why and so sort of create a story from that you know that's um if you think about these showcases, that's what people are doing. They're, they're telling their story. And so, you know, come 2021, you've got to tell your story in two minutes. Um, so you've got to be really succinct and, you know, really to the point about where it's making a difference. So definitely mm -hmm. starting with that why is really important. Um, and then sort of, as I said, you know, from my experience, I think it's, it's really a good starting point to actually have a bank of evidence, um, whether that's photos or videos or just screenshots of um, things that you've done with children in the classroom uh, to go on. Because when they open up that window in, it's probably going to be December 2020, you've only got a few weeks to put this video together. And it's really hard to actually create that video um, sort of from scratch. You know, if you've got two years worth of evidence behind you, it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so maybe even cataloging that by, you know, once you've started with your why. So if you think about the different things that um, technologies have an impact on, then sort of categorize that and say, OK, I've got a folder for creativity or language or critical thinking. It's, mm. it's going to make your job a lot easier. Um, and then just getting involved as much as possible, whether it's on Twitter or creating a blog, getting involved in podcasts, the, the Twitter chats, or just going to different events, whether they're hosted by Apple or whether it's a teach meet, something like that. Um, that's the sort of best way to get involved and meet different people. Um, go to Apple Distinguished Schools near you um, mm -hmm. and meet, meet the people who are there because um, 
very often you'll find there's a, probably an ADE behind that school who is pushing it forward and is um, driving what's happening. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, I think starting soon and um, thinking about why is definitely important. That's great advice. Thank you very much. I'm taking it all on board and uh, <laughs> make sure I'm make sure I'm applying ready for 2021. Get those folders set up. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right, Chris. I think I've taken up a lot of your time. Um, it's been great to have you on the other side of the mic this time. <laughs> really, really interesting. It's been yeah enlightening to hear so much about. Um, the ADE Institute and to learn so much I think it's really getting me fired up and to use a word that a lot of your uh, cohort have used I'm, I feel very inspired and ready ready to get started on my journey too. Definitely and I think it's you know personally it's just been really nice to take this time to reflect and actually um, bring all of that learning together um, and so I guess, you know, whether it's, you know, listening to the show or just looking at the, the show notes from this, there's going to be a lot of great links to people and resources there um, for people who are interested in um, sort of learning a bit more about it. Superb. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, I will let you go until the next time, Chris. All, All right, right, Lee. It's been great to chat. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Chris. All See right. you soon, mate. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. So I think we definitely went a little longer than expected on this episode, but as you can probably tell, there's just so much to talk about from the Institute, and it was really great to spend this time reflecting with Lee and sharing just some of the great links and resources um, and just talking about some of these fantastic stories um, that I got to experience at the Institute. As I mentioned in the show, please check out the show notes. There's lots of great links in there um, with different resources, content, and um, people's Twitter profiles. Um, we also love it when people get involved in the show. So if you've listened this far and you'd like to share your feedback or perhaps you'd like to even be a guest on a future show, please drop us a message on Anchor or Twitter and you can find me at cgalleyedu or Lee is Mr. Blowers. And we'd also love it if you could maybe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell someone else about the show. This helps other educators to find us and spread the word about the podcast. We'll be back soon with some more interviews and some great education topics. Until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.